Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking end zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Jones has just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately. He's got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. It's time to talk about a video that the Thunder from down under Luke Grant made breaking down the offseason that he believes would fix the Jets. He calls the video Fixing the Jets in 10 Minutes. But we're going to expand upon that. So this is going to be more like fixing the Jets in 25 minutes, somewhere in that range. So Luke is on to talk about it with me and break everything down. Luke, thanks for coming on, brother. Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. I, uh, I feel sad for the LA Rams because their, their reign on the NFL doesn't last long. They get one day to enjoy their Super Bowl. And now the offseason champs are here, the reigning offseason champs, the New York Jets. So let's get into it. <laughs> That's right. The Jets are always the toast of the town this time of year. And then, of course, as soon as the games get played, that changes very quickly. We're hoping that that stops and the trend reverses. In order for that to happen, they've got to have a strong offseason. So let's start with the internal part of this. Which free agents in your video did you have the Jets bringing back? And which guys did you have them saying goodbye to? And who did you have them outright releasing? Yeah, let's start with the cuts. They're the fun things. I don't think there'll be too many arguments. I got a lot of feedback on the video. But things that people didn't argue with were cutting Greg Van Roten, uh, Ryan Griffin, and Chumar Doga. All three of them uh, together, you can free up between $7.5 to $8 million in cap in 2022. That's a really big chunk. There is absolutely no dead money. Um, Adoga is just a body at this point. He was 
tackle five last year, I guess, if you count McDermott as being higher than him. Um, obviously, Morgan Moses is an unrestricted free agent, but if they can get him back as a depth piece, Adoga just has no use here. Griffin, if you can't do better than Ryan Griffin in the draft, even in the fifth round, you've got issues. And, uh, and as for Greg Van Roten, well, he hasn't blocked too many people in the last two years. So if we can get rid of those guys, that would be huge. As far as re-signings, Look, I'm not huge on Braxton Berrios. I think a lot of people, if you follow me on Twitter, are aware of that. But if you can get Braxton Berrios for five to six million dollars as your, you know, all pro returner and a wide receiver four to five, I think that's the ideal role. And I think that's the right money you want to spend on him. Like what the Jets took a risk on Keelan Cole, even though it didn't work out. I think that the idea was correct. So if you can get Berrios for that value, I would. And then I looked to two of his offensive linemen, and that's LDT and Morgan Moses. Now, look, is Moses going to command a multi-year deal now? Has he proved enough this year? I'm not sure. But if you can get him for, I don't know, one year, $7 million, two years, $15 million with an opt-out, I think that's a good deal. And the same for LDT. I think if you can bring him in, ideally not to be the starter, but to be you know a two-year contract, a depth piece, and you hope you can get a Zion Johnson in the draft and improve on that position, but he's a hell of a lot better than Greg Van Roten and it really adds depth to the room. So as far as internal guys, that's how I go. After that, we get to the trade market and free agency. And Luke, one of the things that we definitely see eye to eye on is trading for Amari Cooper. By all accounts out of Dallas, it looks like it's pretty much assured that Cooper and probably Tank Lawrence are going to be traded. The question becomes, what is the asking price for the Cowboys? In your video, you've got the Jets acquiring Amari Cooper from the Cowboys for a fourth rounder in 2022 and a second rounder in 2023. Talk me through your reasoning here. Yeah, I mean, from you know reports and rumors you hear from the Dallas side, it sounds like a third round pick may get it done. If I'm the Jets, I really want to hold on to 35 and 38. I just think it's a good crop in this class to get difference makers, particularly on offense, um, at that range, but in that range. So what my goal was, was to give them a third round, which when you push a second down the road, that kind of devalues the pick. It becomes a third round pick. But by throwing in the fourth this year, the Jets already have another fourth as well. They picked up one in the Sam Darnold trade. So... You can get rid of that asset and you can slightly overpay, but manage to keep your day two picks this year. That helps Zach Wilson in the present on two fronts. Obviously, you get Amari Cooper, who is still an incredibly gifted route runner. And people keep banging on about the injuries, Scott, and saying, oh, he's injury prone. He's soft. He doesn't play the big downs. I'm telling you, this is a Skip Bayless thing that has just crept all over the internet into Dallas Cowboy fans who watch their games half paying attention because they're Lakers fans and Yankees fans as well. Um, Amari Cooper... Over 1,000 yards, five out of seven years, averages 1,007 touchdowns over his career, an invaluable asset, a great fit for the Jets at that Z receiver. He can be moved around a little bit. He can play from the slot. You can play him at the X. I mentioned the route running, good hands. I think he'd be a perfect fit. If the Jets can do it for that value, a little more than a third this year, so the, uh, the 2023 second and the fourth in 2022, I think that's an incredible move. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next up, you've got the Jets heading into the free agent market, and the two guys that you gave them that I think make a ton of sense are Marcus Williams, the safety from the New Orleans Saints, 25 years old, one of the best in the sport, and also not going to be franchise tag because the Saints are $70 million over the salary cap. And Foyer Luakon, the linebacker from the Atlanta Falcons. Luakon, a good athlete. Sixth-round pick a couple of years ago out of Yale. Really blossomed under Jeff Ulbrich when Ulbrich was the linebacker's coach and then later defensive coordinator with the Falcons. He, of course, is a defensive coordinator for the New York Jets. So it certainly would be a fit here system-wise. Luakon had 192 tackles last year. He's not a perfect player. But that type of production absolutely could be used in that linebacking quarter because the Jets really only have C.J. Mosley there, who's going to be a guaranteed starter in 2022. So talk me through these two moves. I like them both. The question, of course, is going to be, especially with Marcus Williams, he'll have a lot of suitors. Would the Jets be able to get something done? Yeah, that's going to be the question. They both make a ton of sense for different reasons. I think people look at the Bengals Super Bowl run and they look at the Rams. And the very in vogue narrative has been, let's just buy defense and we'll draft offense. Well, sure. I mean, if you have the opportunity to, I don't think it's a terrible plan. And the Jets can definitely make strides at getting some valuable pieces and some cornerstone uh, pillars for their defense. And Marcus Williams is the first one that stood out to me. I valued him at around 13.5 to 14 million per year. That's what kind of sport track had as well when you look at their projected contracts. He's just an eraser on the back end. If you want a safety, you can play in a single high and just make up for the mistakes that your corners are going to make, your young cornerback room, if the Jets don't really address it with a serious veteran, which is going to be tough to do. He's the perfect answer to that. Single high safety, sideline to sideline range. If you throw on the film from the Saints against the Philadelphia Eagles this year, a couple of the plays he made, he was traveling 40 yards across the field to make some of these plays. They were ridiculous, and he would just be a perfect solution to the Jets' secondary. Marcus May is not coming back. The Jets haven't valued him. They franchised him. He's got the off-field issues uh, with the DUI and not telling the Jets about it. So he's not going to be there. Marcus Williams, as I said, and as you said as well, Scott, he's going to be a hot commodity. It's going to be a bidding war. But if you can get him in that 13 to 14 million range, I'd much rather do that 
than draft Kyle Hamilton and give him uh, 10 million a year and also the number four pick. Uh, and then talking about Foye Aluakon, I, I, I kind of said in the video, it's a little similar to the Gerard Davis move. I feel like you're banking on athleticism, scheme familiarity in this case, because he was obviously with Albrecht in, in the Falcons, uh, at the Falcons, as you mentioned. But just does a great game in the run game, a great job in the run game. He sniffs it out, really instinctual. He has enough ability as a pass coverage guy. He's not going to be elite. Uh, you're not getting Bobby Wagner. But at that kind of 6 to $8 million per year range, you're getting a starter that next to Quincy Williams and next to CJ Mosley and the two young guys you drafted in Nazaldine and Sherwood. I think you have enough there because you're only going to have two linebackers on the field most of the time for the Jets. They like to play nickel. They rate Michael Carter the second. I just think he was a good fit. I think you knock off two invaluable positions, for lack of a better word, with cap space. I still think the draft assets are much more valuable than cap. The cap is such an easy thing to maneuver. So I'd rather hit the the uh, non-premium positions, for lack of a better word, in free agency, and then attack the draft in those key positions uh, in that way. Now let's get into the draft. And the Jets, as we know, have a lot of premium draft capital. We're going to go through each pick. We'll start at number four. This is a tough one because the Jets are going to be sitting there waiting to see what the other teams ahead of them do. We've heard whispers that Kyle Hamilton could be in the mix in the top three. We know that Aiden Hutchinson is widely expected to be picked within the top two picks. We also know that Evan Neal and Ikem Aquanu, the two tackles, one from Alabama and one from NC State, are both rumored to be in the mix in the top three. And then, of course, there's Kayvon Thibodeau, the outstanding edge rusher out of Oregon. A month ago, everybody thought he was going to be the first pick in the draft. Now there's some talk he could slide a little bit. Daniel Jeremiah's talked about it. A couple of others have as well. You've got the Jets grabbing Kayvon Thibodeau at number four. Explain to me how you think this would play out and then tell me the logic in the pick itself. Yeah, so I use the bones of Daniel Jeremiah's first mock draft. He's the best in the business. He has a good understanding of Joe Douglas. So in that instance, you had uh, both the offensive tackles off the board and then Hutchinson went number two to Detroit. So what that meant was you had a choice between uh, a guy that I love in Thibodeau and then a guy I don't love so much at that position in Kyle Hamilton, or you could take a corner like Source Gardner. For me, you take the most valuable position on the football field that you can choose from. And out of all those guys, it's easily the edge rushing position. And Thibodeau is a freak. I mean, he's scratching the surface. I know Jets fans are going to be terrified by that and some of the talk about effort and motor because they've witnessed Vernon Golston. They've witnessed Muhammad Wilkerson and what happened there in the pre-draft when he said, I just don't know if I love football that much. Sometimes I could try harder. And then in the end, he got paid and he didn't you know, put that together for the next two or three years of his contract. He's a freak. He's a smart, intelligent guy. I don't care that he went to Oregon because Alabama, he didn't care about going to Alabama and winning national titles because he wanted to set himself up for his career after football. I have no issue with that. I have no. I had no issue with Josh Rosen in the draft process either, so maybe that's a fault of mine. But I think he's a bendy, explosive pass rusher. He has the lateral agility that some people think he doesn't have. He's got length. He wins with strength and power. If you can get his hands and his counter to develop, because he hasn't really used them yet, because why would you when you're six foot five, 265, and just bully people? He develops that. I think this guy is a Jadevian clowny type floor with a Miles Garrett ceiling. Luke, I think Thibodeau at number four is the absolute best case scenario, unless Aiden Hutchinson drops the four, which I think 
has almost no chance of happening, but we'll see. But if they can get that edge rusher at number four, it opens up the possibility at number 10 of getting another position that they desperately need and are not going to be able to fill in all likelihood in free agency or via trade, and that's to get a real reliable number one level corner. Now, in your primer, you have the Jets taking Derek Stingley Jr., the corner, out of LSU. Daniel Jeremiah has the Jets taking Trent McDuffie, the cornerback, out of Washington because Ahmad Gardner, who I think is the best corner in this draft, was off the board in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft by the time the Jets came up at 10. And also that was the case in your exercise here. Gardner was gone. You took Stingley. Jeremiah had the Jets taking McDuffie. As far as I'm concerned, either one of them is fine. I think the ceiling with Stingley is higher. He has incredible physical gifts. His freshman year was outstanding. The two questions with him, of course, are the production dipped year two and three, and he had the injuries. And of course, Jets fans are still remembering D. Milliner and all of that. So they're afraid of what could happen there. I'm less afraid of the D. Milliner comparisons because I just think they're very different prospects. And Stingley, as far as I'm concerned, is a much better prospect than Milliner ever was. I think a big part of the reason Milliner was elevated up is because that was a horrendous draft. Go back and look at that draft. One of the worst you'll ever see in a first round. I think McDuffie or Stingley would be perfectly fine here. I would love either one of them, especially if the Jets get one of the edge rushers at number four. Talk me through your reasoning here for taking Derek Stingley at number 10. Yeah, there's a few reasons. First of all, I have an issue with the people who are on Jets Twitter and Twitter in general and Jets fans who think they can't take two defensive players because it doesn't help Zach Wilson. There's time for that with the later picks. It's easy to do that in free agency based on the class in 2022. So I went Stingley because he's so much more athletic than McDuffie, in my opinion anyway, and his man coverage skills are unparalleled. Here's the other issue I have. I can't tell you how many times fans have told me, we need to take a zone corner. Robert Sala doesn't play man. His scheme is zone. Look, I understand he plays cover three heavy. In 2021, Robert Sala ran the third most cover one man in the NFL. If you listen to his press conferences in the preseason last year, so many times he said, the principles of man coverage are still the fundamental core element of this defensive backfield. And that's what we need to get right. And Derek Stingley gives you the opportunity to improve that in a way that's almost unexplainable. The difference between he and Bryce Hall is huge. Then you get Bryce Hall trickling down to replace Brandon Eccles. That's enormous. You've got Eccles replacing Guidry. The flow down, trickle down effect at the corner position is real. I don't want to hear people saying it's a devalued position because of the NFL rules. I know it's harder to play, but it's still a huge advantage if you have an elite one or at least a very good number one. Um, five corners went in the first round in 2020, uh, sorry, 2021 in the draft. It's a valued position in the NFL. If they can get it right and Thibodeau and Stingley are your corner posts and your pillars of your defense, that is enormous. And one last thing on Derek Stingley. I get the injuries. But remember, guys, 22 out of 25 games his first two years, and then he effectively missed the whole of 2021. For two years out of three, the production, I still think he was very productive as a, as a uh, sophomore. I thought as a junior, obviously only played three games. But if he can be healthy and the record's there for two out of three years, they only played 10 games LSU in 2020, he could be a special player, an incredible value at 10. Now we head to the second round, and the Jets have picks number 35 and 38. And at 35, you've got the Jets picking Zion Johnson. I love this one. And to me, this is the first part 
of a major chess move that I would be setting up that I'll talk about in a little bit. But if you can get Johnson at 35, I think he can be an outstanding guard. But he also could play a little tackle, a little center. We saw the Jets mess around with him there at the senior ball. High character kid. But much like Elijah Vera Tucker, he can do pretty much everything you want a guard to do. And he's scheme versatile, though he does fit very well in this zone blocking scheme. So I think if you put him with Elijah Vera Tucker and then you've got Makai Becton coming back, Fant hopefully comes back healthy. He's a good pass protector. You've got yourself the makings of a pretty solid offensive line. Even Connor McGovern who was a disappointment year one, better year two, and then got injured. If he comes back healthy, all of a sudden this Jets offensive line doesn't look putrid anymore. Yeah, look, the thing for me is uh, Zion Johnson, he gives you that flexibility, but he steps in from day one, and I think he's Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, level talented guard on the right side. I just think it's a perfect fit. It's a perfect marriage. Is he going to be there at 35? I'm not sure. There may be an opportunity for the Jets to move up and take him. We saw Joe have that willingness. He still has 12 picks in this mock draft. I traded one away, so he has 11, 2,022 picks. Zion just automatically improves Connor McGovern's play because he has better play on his right guard spot. He's going to help whoever starts at right tackle, be that George Fant, Morgan Moses. However, the Jets play out that thing, God forbid, Mackay Becton. He's just going to improve that offensive line even more because it's a weak link position. Same as corner. If you have a weak link along the offensive line or in the cornerback group and their reactory positions, teams are going to exploit them. They're going to overload. We saw what the Rams did in the Super Bowl, attacking a couple of the Bengals guards and overloading one way and then using Von Miller on a stunt to get him one-on-one on the inside. It's too easy if you have a clear, weak player in an important position group. So he made great sense. Awesome scheme fit. Zone blocking. Great in space. Has a bit of flexibility. He is fantastic. And if the Jets have a fortune enough to have Johnson fall all the way to 35, that's a sprint to the podium type one for Joe Douglas. He's a big dude, but I'm pretty sure he'd cover good territory to lock in Zion Johnson at number 35 overall. With the second pick the Jets have in the second round, number 38, you've got them taking Colorado State tight end Trey McBride, who's really been the darling of Jets Twitter. This pick makes sense on so many levels, assuming McBride is there, because This team desperately needs a playmaking tight end, and McBride can do everything. Now, he's not an elite athlete. He's a good athlete, so that's what keeps him from being a high first-round pick because he's not a Kyle Pitts or something like that. If he was, he'd easily be going in the top 15, but if he makes it to 38 here, the Jets would be getting a guy who can block, who can catch, who can go over the middle, he can run routes, he can do pretty much anything you'd like a tight end to do, and for a team that hasn't had a playmaking tight end since Mickey Schuler, we're talking about the 80s here, and especially considering the way the NFL is now, where tight end can become such a crucial part of your offense, particularly in this LaFleur offense, which is an offshoot of the Shanahan offense, and we've seen what tight ends do in that offense, I think it would be an outstanding pick, and it would do a ton for Zach Wilson's development and for this Jets offense. I love Trey McBride, Scott. Honestly, it's like having six offensive linemen on the field in the run game when you put him out there. That is the core of the Mike LaFleur offense, the outside wide zone type concepts. Then you run play action off of that. You can sneak him across the field. He's athletic enough. He has great ability to make catches outside his frame, contested catches. That's still important for the the tight end position more than wide receivers and the lack of separation conversation. Trey McBride would be the perfect pick at number 38. I don't think I could hand select a player any better that fills both 
the value at the pick, but also a positional need for the Jets. Uh, I think it would be incredible. And that's why I want you to remember, even though we went defense at four and 10, so far in the draft, we've already added Amari Cooper in, sorry, in the trade before the draft, we added Amari Cooper, Trey McBride. We got Zion Johnson to play guard. We've improved Zach Wilson's uh, team and the offense around him dramatically. So don't get locked into this. We have to take a receiver. We have to take a tackle. There are ways to improve it. And I think Zion Johnson and Trey McBride at 35 and 38 would be the perfect way to do so. Luke, considering who is on the board in these spots in this exercise, I couldn't imagine having a better draft. I think this is as good as you can possibly do up to this point. This is where we're going to differ a little bit, but I also do like what you did, so it's not like I hate it. I just would have gone in a different direction. As you said, having Trey McBride on the field would almost be like having six offensive linemen there. You've got Becton, who is an ace run blocker. You have Zion Johnson, who is an ace run blocker. You have Lajar Tucker, who's an ace run blocker. And you have Trey McBride, who's a really good run blocker. So to me, this is where it opens up another chess move. And that chess move would be to get a real power back workhorse who can take the bulk of the carries and allow Michael Carter to be what he really should be, which is a 10 to 12 touch a game guy. Because if he has to be the guy carrying the ball most of the time, that's going to be a problem. He's going to wear it down and get hurt. We already saw glimpses of that this past year in his rookie season in 2021. You need somebody who's going to be a fit in this offense too. And this is where I would go with this. I think if you're the Jets and you're sitting at number 69, if Isaiah Spiller, who I absolutely love, or Brees Hall slipped down to somewhere in the 50s, maybe like 55, I would investigate the possibility of trading up from 69 to 55. I don't think there's any chance that Kenneth Walker, the running back out of Michigan State, makes it to this point, but I think there is a possibility that either Spiller, who is an outstanding running back out of Texas A&M, and Brees Hall, who is also a phenomenal running back, but out of Iowa State, one of those two could make it to that spot. If not, though and you're sitting at 69, I would take Tyler Algier if he's on the board, the running back at a BYU. Now, people have made a lot of the fact that Algier played with Zach Wilson, so there's a rapport there. But as you and I have joked, it's not the same as Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, where a chemistry is that important. It does help, don't get me wrong. But running back to quarterback is not the same as quarterback to wide receiver. That said, I think Algier fits exactly what you want. He's got the speed, he's got the power, he's a fit in the scheme, and he's somebody that can take the ball 20 to 25 times a game, which is what you really want, because if Zach Wilson only has to throw 20, 25 times a game, that's a successful formula. We've seen the San Francisco 49ers do it. That's largely what Seattle did when Russell Wilson was first coming along, and he had Marshawn Lynch. You run the offense through Lynch, and I think with Wilson, it would do a lot for his development, because then he could just concentrate on making plays in spurts, and not have to worry about having so much on his shoulders. So that's what I would do at this spot. I would probably either move up into the 50s if one of those two running backs, Spiller or Hall, falls, or Algier would be the guy that I would pick at 69 if I can't get one of those other two. You went a different direction. You went and got Justin Ross, the receiver, out of Clemson, who I also like a lot. I wouldn't hate this pick at all. Don't get me wrong. I just really like the idea of getting a real workhorse running back here. I think your thought process is that even though you went out and got Amari Cooper, Corey Davis is probably going to be expendable at the end of 2022, and so Justin Ross would be the guy that would move in and take his spot, right? 
Yeah, 100% right. I want to make Corey Davis, if he doesn't perform well, I want to make him expendable at the end of the 2022 season and bring in a rookie who can play the X. Denzel Mims isn't that guy right now, much to my distress uh, or dismay, I should say. And I think Justin Ross has the ability to come in and do it. He had really poor quarterback play this year. He had the neck injury the year before. But if you go back to 2019, there is an elite player with elite traits there. Can he pull it all together? I'm not sure. But at 69, I'm willing to take and make that bet. Um, And as I said, the worst case scenario is that Corey Davis comes out and balls, has an 11,000, 1,100-yard season. And then you've got an excess of wide receivers. That's not an issue. This is what Jets Twitter wanted all along. So I think it's a win-win. Um, I would like Algier too. I think the thing that makes me laugh is people saying about the rapport. He caught, I think, 13 balls from Zach Wilson in 2020. So that's a that's a strong chemistry right there. But he's a great player. He's incredible. People think of him as a power back, but he's best suited to a zone uh, system like the Jets are running. Mm-hmm. He's got enough speed. He's got the power. So I think that's a great move. I'd be completely on board with that, strengthening the running game and utilizing the assets you've already picked up, something that you mentioned in the draft, getting – uh, the tight end in McBride, McBride getting the uh, offensive lineman on the inside as well in Zion Johnson. So that makes together uh, that, sorry, that together makes a great plan. It gives you an identity on offense, which also fits with Michael Fleur's identity. So I get it. But in this instance, I just went with Ross. I like the idea of supporting Wilson with more pass catches, investing in the future at the wide receiver position, because a lot of these teams will show you and the Super Bowl showed you your third receiver is one of the most important positions on the field. Look at the Chiefs. That's one of the reasons they've struggled. They haven't quite got that third pass-catching option. The Rams, they lost Woods. They lost Beckham. It got tough for them. So having depth of the position and having a good wide receiver three for years to come would be huge. So I went with Justin Ross. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and talking through your plan to fix the Jets. In the video, it was in 10 minutes. Here, it was a little bit closer to 30 minutes. We really expanded upon it, but if you want to see the video with the video footage of a lot of these players, it's available on our YouTube channel right now. You can support us there and support our store at tpublic.com. That's tee Luke, I think you know a thing or two about the videos that are up on our channel and the merchandise available at tpublic. Yeah, I'll start across on the YouTube channel. Uh, really got some momentum going on the back of the Senior Bowl, doing our player prospects. Uh, obviously, the video we've talked about today, fixing the Jets in 10 minutes. I'm going to dive into some of the rookies again and, and their seasons. But primarily between now and April, you're going to get a ton of draft prospects, all 22 breakdowns, looking at guys who not only are good football players, but how they fit into the Jets schematically, whether it be the Lafleur offense or the Sulla Ulbricht defense. So that's what you can expect. There's already videos up on Thibodeau and Hutchinson, uh, McBride, uh, jo- Johnson, who had an incredible senior bowl and really wowed everybody penning in the same boat. So plenty more to come. Make sure you check us out across on the YouTube channel, like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. And then across on Public, my partner Alex helps out with all the design. She does an incredible job, super talented. You can find her over on Instagram, underscore can I be frank. Uh, and look, there's really cool designs from Zach the Ripper to Zach Wilson says go long in that infamous t- of that famous touchdown for Jets fans against the Tennessee Titans, his standout moment as a rookie. Uh, we saw Stafford try to do that in the Super Bowl. It didn't quite pay off, pay off for him. Uh, and then we've got the Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers range, the bless you, thank you. Play Like a Jet logo merch. You can chuck it on your laptop, chuck it on your phone. You can get hats. You can get T-shirts. 
hoodies, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you check us out over at Tee Public. I think it's going to be really exciting and it's going to be a big off season for the Jets. Let's hope so, Luke. The Jets desperately need a big off season. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel and visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.